Hello and welcome to the Vet Professionals Cat Cafe podcast series. My name is Sarah Caney. I'm an RCVS specialist in feline medicine and founder of vetprofessionals.com. I've worked as a feline-only vet for more than 25 years now and have been an RCVS specialist in feline medicine for nearly 20 years. I decided to set up a virtual cat cafe during the COVID-19 lockdown in March 2020 as a way of keeping in touch with cat owners and sharing my tips on cat care. The following podcast was recorded as a cat cafe Zoom webinar on the 29th of October 2020 and you can watch the recording on the video tutorial page of vetprofessionals.com. Look under the helpful info menu for video tutorials and then click on the Cat Cafe tab. In this session, I talk about nursing sick cats at home, including how to create a cat friendly environment, how to encourage poorly cats to eat and drink, and also how to administer medications. Thanks for choosing to listen to this podcast. I hope you find it interesting and of help in your pet care. Thank you for joining me this afternoon and we're talking today about something which I hope will be helpful which is nursing sick cats at home and there obviously are a number of times when unfortunately our cats are unwell and I hope that the tips I have for you this afternoon will be helpful should that situation arise for you in your household. What I'm going to talk about um, is going to include how we can get a nice sort of ambient setup for our cat if it's feeling unwell at home. What are the key things that we need to think about? What are some general tips for TLC and support that will help our cats? And then we'll focus a lot on how to encourage cats to eat, should that be an issue, because unfortunately, loss of appetite, the, the medical term uh, is anorexia, is a very, very common scenario in our cats and, and of course, uh, can be extremely harmful to them if that continues. So I think it will be important to really focus on tips for encouraging cats to drink, uh, to eat rather and then moving on to, uh, to encouraging cats to drink, um, medicating cats at home, how we can go about that, what are some of the tips that I can share with you there and importantly really throughout this presentation to emphasise when it's important to seek help and I think in terms of that my, my top tip really would be that if in any doubt at all about your cat, if you have any concerns and you feel in your guts, in your bones that things aren't right, then don't hesitate to contact your vet clinic. Your vet clinic wants to hear from you, they want to support you. And importantly, when it comes to certain medical conditions, uh, then delays can complicate recovery. And an example of that, thinking of our sick cat at home, would be if your cat stops eating completely, uh, so is not eating anything at all, then I would view that as an emergency. We know that there are going to start to be harmful impacts on the body within a day or two. So get in touch with your vets if you have really significant worries about your cats. And don't worry about wasting people's time whether you're you know a little bit unsure as to the significance because I would always say trust your instincts you know your cat better than anyone else 
So let's talk about what we can do though at home that can help support our cats if they are feeling unwell. So some general tips, if you were designing a cat ward, which I'm not suggesting you do in your own home, but if you were designing a recovery area for cats, you would certainly want to have lighting that was not too bright. Um, you would not want a fluorescent strip light. You would want a, a sort of more dim lighting that's comfortable for cats. And you would want a quite a warm environment. Um, certainly as I would say a minimum, really 18 to 21 degrees, uh, but perhaps a little bit warmer is actually preferred by cats. So bear that in mind. Somewhere calm and quiet. If your cat is feeling vulnerable, feeling unwell, they will appreciate somewhere calm and quiet where they're not going to be people rushing past or dogs rushing past, loud noises, all that sort of thing. Uh, try and keep that to a minimum and try and, and have the environment as predictable as possible. So again, it might be if your cat, you know, has a certain illness it's recuperating from, perhaps making a spare bedroom into the new cat room where this is a do not disturb the cat's area and where they have all of their key resources, which means food, water, litter box, somewhere to sleep and also somewhere to hide should they wish to. And that really is important for cats. If they're feeling vulnerable, they do like to be able to, to get away from it. And this is why many owners report that when their cats are ill, often they will go and hide under the bed. But you can, of course, provide options that might be popular as well. And that could be a cardboard box or it could be an igloo bed that the cat can sort of crawl into uh, or shown on this slide, a rather nice uh, cat bag. So a fleecy bag which the cat can crawl into and hide in and sleep in. I'm sure many of you are aware of Fellaway and probably many of you have used Fellaway. What you might not know is that there is a new Fellaway product that has recently been launched, I think September uh, 2020, so really very, very recent. And this is called Fellaway Optimum. And this is a new, really best standard Fellaway that combines uh, the, the positive attributes of the existing previous Fellaways, the Fellaway Classic, which is the, uh, the, the Fellaway that um, reassures that the cats that the environment they are in is safe uh, and non-threatening. Also the Fellaway Friends, which reduces tension between cats in the household. Um, and I, I think other pheromones as well. So Fellaway Optimum, if you can, is the, is the one to go for now. This is definitely considered their very best product. And it's available as a diffuser. So it's something that you plug into the wall um, and you can read more about it online. If you just Google Fellaway Optimum, you'll be able to find uh, the the Fellaway website. I mentioned heat as being something that cats like, and, and we all know this really, cats love to lie by the fire, don't they? But if your cat is also feeling a bit poorly, then they also will appreciate other opportunities to have a bit of warm support. And there are simple things that we can do at home. Uh, for example, the cat on the left is a, a former cat of mine. And uh, when he was very old and arthritic, um, he loved this bed that I created for him, which was a pillow put on the floor and then immediately on top of the pillow I put I plugged in a heated electric pad and you can just buy these from many suppliers Amazon pets at home etc etc they can be left on 24 hours a day and then on top of that heated pad uh, there was a fleecy blanket so he now had a really warm soft comfortable bed also next to the radiator so when the central heating was on also had even more warmth around him and he absolutely loved that as a place to just walk on and, and have a little snuggle and a rest. There are also some beds available for sale that are heated so that the uh, 
chat on the right hand side uh, this is a, a patient of Vicky Halls I should have uh, written that acknowledgement on the slide apologies for forgetting this um, but this cat is is in uh, an electrically uh, heated bed so the whole bed effectively has a cable that you plug it in and again very popular for your cat that's feeling a bit sorry for itself as well as for many cats at other times as well. I also put in a little bit of information about music. Um, it's probably not the biggest priority to the cat, but there has actually been a little bit of research on what music cats find soothing. And I thought for that very reason, it might be interesting to include in this presentation. Um, and firstly, uh, this study was reported a few years ago in the Journal of Feline Medicine and Surgery, which is the main journal that I use to learn more about uh, what's new in the world of feline medicine. Um, and in this study, as you can see, uh, the researchers looked at the impact of different genres of music uh, on anaesthetized cats and they monitored cats that were being anaesthetized. Uh, they looked at their respiratory rate, their breathing rate, their pupil size, um, and uh, looked to see whether there was any impact of the music on their uh, anaesthetic stability and uh, uh, presumably as a, as a sort of associated factor, whether this is perhaps calming to the cats in any way. They used uh, silence as a control, and then they had um, two minutes of either classical music, Barber's Adagio for strings, uh, or pop music, Natalie Imbruglia's Torn, uh, or heavy metal, ACDC's Thunderstruck. And what they found was that actually the cats seemed to be uh, responsive to the music and calmest with the classical music compared to the heavy metal. And certainly for many years, lots of cat hospitals I've worked in, we've had classical music in the background. So it was interesting to, to look at this uh, data with that in mind. Um, but even more recently, there has been some interest in cat music. So this is music actually designed for cats. And I would love to hear if any of you listening have had experience of playing this to your cats and if so what impact if any you think it might have had um, but this study was reported uh, very recently again in the, in the journal of feline medicine and surgery and I'm not quite sure how to pronounce the composer's name but uh, David Tai or David T um, if you google him is very famous for his cat music and if you have subscription to Spotify or Apple music you'll be able to uh, play his music but also uh, it's on YouTube as well I've listened to it a number of times and he has this music which is um, it's unusual I would say it can sound like cats purring it's often quite rhythmic music um, and uh, quite yes quite a sensory experience listening to it and in this study um, some researchers looked at the impact of playing uh, music on the behavior of conscious cats now at the clinic and how stressed the cats were when they were handled and they felt that the cat music actually was the most beneficial so I'd love to hear your feedback on it I think some clinics are starting to use it um, it's uh, possibly music which if you are exposed to all day as a human you might start to find a little bit annoying uh, but if it works for the cats then brilliant so what else can we do beyond that to improve well-being? Well, we can definitely help our cats with their personal hygiene. We know that cats love to be clean and so help with grooming, help with clearing any discharges around the eyes or the nose can all improve well-being if our cat is sick and therefore not feeling up to performing these tasks themselves or perhaps uh, has other reasons for struggling with these tasks. So uh, if we can do that, I think that will help. 
But I'm going to focus a lot on the next section, um, which, as I said at the start, I think is really a very common problem in cats, that when they're unwell, often they lose their appetite. And we know that loss of appetite can be very harmful to the health, both in the short term and in the long term. And uh, in the short term, it can actually cause fatal consequences. It can be life-threatening if a cat suddenly stops eating, and particularly if they're overweight, one of the life-threatening conditions that they're vulnerable to developing is something called hepatic lipidosis, a liver condition, which you can nurse many cats back from, but it is a really serious illness. And the key message here is that if your cat has lost their appetite and they have completely stopped eating, then I would view that as an emergency. So if after 24 hours your cat is really not eating anything at all, that, in my opinion, is a good time to contact your vet for further support and advice. If your cat is eating but their appetite is reduced, then you do have obviously more time to do some of the tactics that I'm going to talk about now. And these tactics also might be helpful for any cat that has an illness that is affecting their appetite. So what can we do? Well, certainly one tip would be to um, use a food bowl that is separate to the water bowl. So avoid these double feeding bowls that you will sometimes see because cats from an evolutionary perspective prefer to uh, eat and drink from different locations uh, with the concern being that uh, with um, uh, Drinking from a water source close to where they killed a prey species, it might be contaminated by killing their prey species. That's the certainly the hypothesis behind this. So if you can separate your food and water bowls, um, doesn't need to be vastly separate, but I would say, you know, at least a foot apart, then that probably is sensible. Cats also prefer to eat and drink out of bowls that are made of, of metal, stainless steel or ceramic or glass um, rather than plastic. And plastic, as we know from ourselves, can sometimes affect the flavour of the water that we're drinking from a, a plastic water bottle, for example. And the same is thought to affect cats as well. So again, with your completely healthy cat, it really might not be a big deal. So if you have plastic bowls at home and your cat is fine, then then I'm not suggesting that you go and change these. However, if anything is becoming a bit of a struggle, then this is the sort of thing to look at. They also typically don't like their whiskers to touch the sides of dishes. So shallow dishes are better than deep dishes for food or water. Um, and as with most things, in a location that is calm and quiet. So your cat is probably going to be most relaxed eating somewhere where it's not going to be disturbed rather than a busy thoroughfare in the house. And if you know your cat has got arthritis, then crouching down to eat can be quite uncomfortable. Arthritis in the shoulder, elbows and neck uh, can all be quite uh, uncomfortable if your cat has to really crouch down to eat. So lifting the food bowl up can make that more comfortable as shown in the, in the picture here. If your cat is struggling to eat, if, if perhaps they're not as enthusiastic as normal, then offering both familiar foods and different foods can be helpful. So um, sometimes you know things as well that your cat absolutely loves. You know that, uh, for instance, when you eat prawns yourself and, and your cat uh, goes mad for them, that might be something that, uh, that you know can reliably help with appetite. Um, but don't, uh, don't be afraid to offer a mixture of things, but in the sorts of ways I'm talking about. Oh, I'm just seeing some strange things appearing on the slide. I don't know if you are as well, but some red lines mysteriously appeared. Um, 
If your cat has got flu or runny eyes, runny nose, then wiping away discharges can be helpful um, to enhance their ability to smell and therefore to taste the food. Smelly foods like sardines and tuna can be helpful, um, but avoid any foods that contain onion or garlic because we know that is actually poisonous to cats. So be careful in particular if you're buying uh, perhaps a pre-cooked uh, chicken from your supermarket where it might have been marinated in, in onion and garlic which obviously we find delicious uh, but unfortunately can cause problems to our cats. Feeding at room temperature or a little bit warmer just below body temperature is generally recommended rather than fridge temperature. Uh, obviously we don't want the food to be hot so it still has to be cooler than body temperature but just a little bit warmer uh, than perhaps room temperature. And we can encourage feeding by offering on our hands, perhaps putting a little bit of food on the cat's nose sometimes or on a cat's paw can help because then if they groom or lick that off it might remind them that actually oh I quite like the taste of this and then it will trigger a more uh, genuine eating response which can be helpful but if they're not responding then definitely don't force that because anything that feels forced to the cat can be counterproductive little and often generally also a good recommendation um, and other things that can anecdotally help well if your cat responds to catnip if they like catnip then sprinkling some dry catnip on their food might help stimulate appetite also there is a nutritional supplement called fortiflora which purina make it's aimed at supporting gastrointestinal disturbances uh, but some cats will also find this quite palatable so uh, it's something that we occasionally try with cats in the clinic as well tempting foods things like chicken fish prawns tuna um, you know your cat and what might work for them but all these things are fine in the short term um, as long as they don't have the onions and garlic that I mentioned then they are going to provide some support even if in the long term of course they're not a balanced diet and also if your cat has particular nutritional requirements for example it has kidney disease you obviously wouldn't want it to be living on chicken and fish long term but as a short term it's always better that the cat eats something rather than nothing. For cats that have dental issues then mashing up the food uh, can be helpful um, in terms of making it easier for them to pick up and easier for them to swallow and there are some convalescent foods also that, that uh, are available uh, online but also through your vet clinic and your vet clinic almost certainly will have some of these in stock uh, that you can try and a very popular example would be Hills AD which is a, a pate, a sort of fishy smelling pate which is often quite popular uh, with um, uh, poorly cats and dogs. So what about some don'ts, things not to do? Well, if possible, try and avoid things that are stressful to your cat around mealtimes if their appetite has been affected. So for example, some cats get very anxious about being medicated and if that is the case then try and separate uh, meal times to medication times as much as possible to try and reduce the impact that that might have on the cat. Uh, in, in other words the cat thinking that something nasty happens and then food is offered, I don't like food, food is now associated with this sort of unpleasant and stressful event. 
Also resist the temptation uh, with your cat that is not eating very well to just empty your kitchen cupboards and find anything that you think your cat might like eating and open all of those things simultaneously. Uh, put out a, a little arc of saucers around where your cat happens to be resting, uh, each with different, uh, perhaps strongly smelling, um, tasty different foods in because that can be completely overwhelming to the cat. And if, for example, they're feeling nauseous, then being surrounded by food and a mixture of flavours can be very off-putting and indeed counterproductive. It can lead to what we call a food aversion, which is where the cat just really associates food with bad things. So if you do have a lot of different tempting things to try, then try them one by one, give your cat a little bit of time with each and then remove it rather than surrounding your cat constantly with an array of different food types to try. If your cat is needing to, in the long term, go on to a, a therapeutic diet, for example, a cat with kidney disease, where in the long term it's really important for them to eat a therapeutic renal diet, um, then a key tip really here is to not introduce the new diet if your cat is feeling ill. Wait till your cat is feeling better, stabilised with whatever complications are going on before introducing that new food. Because otherwise what can happen is that the cat might eat that new food when they're ill, but then when they recover and feel better, they start to think, well, actually that, that new food, I only had that when I felt really rotten and I no longer uh, feel like eating that food. I associate it with the bad times. There are some uh, liquid foods available and again that you can uh, order and, and use at home but I would say a, another don't is to syringe feed your cat because whilst that might seem like quite a tempting option if your cat is not eating it's often very stressful for the cat and counterproductive because if the cat is not uh, enjoying or even tolerating that food being given by mouth then it can be very stressful for the cat um, it may risk inhaling the food and causing pneumonia but also often again these cats will develop a food aversion and whilst in a little kitten it might be possible as in this picture shown to syringe some milk and the cat to tolerate it and you to to get be able to achieve an adequate nutritional intake that way for most adult cats the volume just is too large so a typical volume of liquid food that you would need for an adult cat would be between 150 and 200 mils per day which is 45 mil syringes and I've got uh, both those pictures there show a five mil syringe and can you imagine doing that 40 times to your cat I don't think so it's just too large a volume for them to tolerate a whole bottle of that food so therefore this generally is not an option that I would recommend that you pursue and again, one of the risks of it is this food aversion, which is shown beautifully in this photograph here of a cat next to their food. And it really looks like it just could not care less about food at the moment. It is actively not interested in that food, which is what we do not want to see. So again, that reminder, avoid the buffet, take the food away if the cat is not interested. 
What are some do's to finish off with on the eating front? Well, obviously, some of the things I've already mentioned. Uh, so do those things, but also do contact your vet clinic if you have any worries, if you want advice, if you want support, uh, and if you want reassurance that you're doing the right thing, always pick up the phone. In terms of your cat going forward, uh, options for their care if they have a poor appetite, of course, will include investigations to look for the cause of that poor appetite if that's not already known but also treatments are available to support poor appetite as well and uh, for example include anti-nausea medications for cats that are suffering from nausea and vomiting, painkillers for cats that are in pain and that's the cause of the poor appetite, perhaps severe arthritis for example being a cause of that um, and also there are some appetite stimulating medications that are available as well just for non-specific support so there is a lot that we can do to support appetite where needed. Let's move on next to support of, of drinking and encouraging drinking. I'm not going to spend as long on this because um, there was a, a full cat cafe session earlier this year dedicated to it, which I'll, I'll show on the next slide just in case that is of interest. But my, my key points here would be again, choice of the, the type of bowl that you have, glass, metal and ceramic being better tolerated than plastic bowls filling it to the brim um, so that there is ideally a meniscus on top of the liquid and so the cat doesn't have to touch its whiskers at the side of the bowl uh, also tends to inc increase uh, fluid intake um, and keeping the water clean of course some cats prefer moving water um, there are also now some some recent supplements that help also encourage drinking as well water flavorers and other uh, liquid supplements that you can use and you can indeed make your own flavored water to encourage drinking um, and all of this is, is covered in more detail in this earlier cat cafe session which was recorded um, in June of this year and is available on the video tutorials page of the website. So the next thing I wanted to uh, spend a little bit of time talking about uh, was medication of uh, cats, giving medications at home, um, because this is something that um, may concern you if, if you are uh, told that by your vet that your cat needs to, for example, have pills at home. It may not be an experience that you've had before and therefore uh, may be something that is cause for some concern. So again, the first key message is always ask for support and advice on how you can best achieve this in your cat. There are an awful lot of resources available. Uh, my website has some, including the, the video that's just played on this slide, which I'll talk through in just a moment. Um, but on YouTube, as always, you'll just see, see a huge number of uh, videos available. What also I would like to reassure you is that this is um, an area of active interest and support by the pharmaceutical companies that produce pills uh, for cats in that they are really focused now on designing medications which are palatable and well tolerated by cats and that are as easy to give as possible. And uh, you may be aware of the UK charity International Cat Care, iCatCare.org, their uh, feline medicine division, the ISFM, International Society for Feline Medicine, has these easy to give awards which they uh, award each year to new products that uh, meet their assessment of uh, being easy to give to cats and this is something that many pharmaceutical companies are really motivated by. They really want that award, they want that stamp on their product so they do a lot more to make sure that the products are as uh, genuinely palatable as possible. 
and also important to say that actually a lot of cats uh, like Hobie here in the video are actually genuinely easy to give a pill to so it may seem daunting but it's it's really often not that bad and if I just click on this video again you can see I'm holding the top of his head and make my hand into an archway and hold the jaws and then a really important tip is to tip the head up so the nose is pointing at the ceiling because that's in that position it's hard for the cat to hold its mouth shut and then we can pop the pill in relax the head so the cat can swallow um, and you can see he, he might not be completely impressed with it but he's he's allowed me to do this in slow motion as well which is uh, very helpful so that video is is on the website with some other resources and this next slide uh, just highlights um, some of the, I think, exciting developments in terms of acceptance of new medications for cats. So forgive the, the very marketing branded look to this slide, because this is a slide that I've uh, been allowed to use by the pharmaceutical company Elanco that make a product called Credelio which is a flea and tick treatment for cats. But the reason I included it actually was for that uh, green arc on the right hand side, which shows uh, that uh, in a study they did and which was published and where uh, 211 cats were treated for three months with this product, it's a once a month product, 100% of the cats took the treatment. So they had a 100% acceptance rate. And as you can see from this, this green arc, 39% uh, of cats took the pill from an empty bowl or on the floor. So literally someone just put the pill in the bowl or on the floor and the cat ate it without any prompting at all. Um, uh, uh, taken from a hand in 10% of cases um, and uh, placed in the mouth. So the more typical method of administration in 29% of cats. So a huge number of cats here where actually minimal effort required from their owner and the cat ate it. And what's more, it was happy to eat it again the next month and the month after. So it's lovely to see products like this coming out, which do seem genuinely easy to give. Certainly, it's not the case with all medications that we prescribe for our cats, uh, but lovely to see where possible. And you can also see from the pictures on this slide that the pill is very small. And many of you probably remember uh, certain tablets in the past, uh, certain wormer tablets, which I won't mention, which were just gigantic to give to a cat. So it's really nice to have cat sized medications and a, a genuine focus from companies uh, in making them as, as easy to accept as possible. A lovely resource on the website, which I'd like to refer you to, is this um, video called Owner Tips on Pilling a Cat. It's on the video tutorial page of the website, and I've just put a, a couple of stills uh, from it on this slide. And this is a montage of owner submitted videos. So we ran a competition a few years ago asking people to send in videos of them giving medication to their cats. Um, and then the, the pharmaceutical company Decra actually very kindly melded this into a beautiful looking complete video for us um, and it's just wonderfully heartwarming because uh, many uh, if not all of the cats in this video are being dosed by a single person who is holding the cat and giving the pill so demonstrating really brilliantly how they have mastered the technique and giving their top tips for giving a pill to a cat and reassurance so uh, should this be something that you would find uh, of benefit I'd really encourage you to view it. Also important, of course, when we're giving med given medication to understand what is the intended dose and frequency and if there's any ambiguity on the label or you're not sure 
always ask for advice. For example, vets shouldn't, but sometimes abbreviations appear on the label like SID, which is our shorthand for once a day, BID shorthand for twice a day. It shouldn't say that on the label. It should say once a day or every 24 hours or twice a day or every 12 hours, for example. I think I've already mentioned tipping the head back is, is a useful uh, tip for giving a pill to a cat because it's harder for them to hold the mouth shut if their, their head is pointed up at the ceiling. You can try this on yourself as well. It's really hard to hold your grit your teeth together in that position. Uh, wrapping in a towel can be helpful if your cat is a bit wriggly and if you're worried about being scratched at all. And also there are some pill shooters, pill uh, poppers which are available which holds the pill and then you can uh, introduce this uh, device into the cat's mouth and just shoot the pill in without your fingers going into the cat's mouth. And if you're worried about being bitten uh, or for some cats, these seem to work quite well. So feel free to ask your vets as well for advice and, and support on that. If your cat's receiving multiple medications, it can sometimes be useful to combine them into an empty gelatin capsule. Not all medications are suitable for mixing together. So again, always check with your vet. Um, but if, for example, your cat is, is due half of one tablet and a quarter of another tablet at the other time at the same time of day then you can potentially get these empty gelatin capsules from the chemist you open them up you pop in the pieces of pill you close it up and then that's just one capsule to administer instead of two pills to administer to your cat there are also a huge variety of um, little treats and um, pill uh, medicating treats that are available, some through the vet side. Uh, so some that are very much marketed to vet clinics and some that are brilliant and you can just get in your supermarket. Uh, so Webox is one example of the latter where all supermarkets now, I think you'll be able to get um, their Licky Licks, which is this sort of uh, liquid in a little sachet, which is quite good for hiding powder medication or even crushing some pills if you need to do that um, but there are some squidgeable treat forms as well that are, are available greenies very popular um, royal canin also have a, a pill tab that is available so lots and lots of different things available to try and also some cats just giving a reward post pill can be a good motivator um, so it doesn't have to be that the pill is in the treat uh, the treat can be given afterwards if you give um, a tablet or a capsule dry to a cat, um, in other words, you, you place it in the mouth and the cat swallows and that's the end of the process, um, then you should be aware that that pill or tablet uh, or capsule rather can stay in the esophagus, the food pipe, potentially for a very long time. Um, and that's problematic, not only because it it's needs to get into the stomach for it to work, but also some medications in particular when they sit in the throat for a long period of time can cause irritation and inflammation and in a worst case call, cause something called a stricture which is a narrowing uh, of the esophagus which can be quite a, a serious problem to treat. So again check with your vet whether food is allowed with the medication you're giving. If food is allowed then after giving a pill you can offer your cat some food to eat or alternatively you can uh, put a little bit of butter or cream cheese or something soft that your cat likes again as long as it doesn't have uh, onion or garlic in it 
and the cat can lick that off. And there actually is a scientific study done about 20 years ago now where researchers um, tested the efficacy, if you like, of a blob of butter put on the cat's nose. And it was 100% effective in taking a dry tablet or capsule down to the stomach. So uh, that hopefully is useful information to know as well. And of course, if your cat's not allowed food after their medication, then syringing a little bit of water is sensible. Uh, for some medications in particular, again, your vet uh, will hopefully advise you about that. Liquid medications seem to be getting more and more popular and they can be extremely palatable and well tolerated, but unfortunately not always. Um, I think some owners have a preference also for using a liquid medication, um, but that's, um, that may or may not be based on experience. I'm not sure. Again, it'd be lovely to hear some of your feedback at the end of this presentation. A big caution that I would say with liquid medications is that it can sometimes be tempting to put the liquid medication on your cat's food. Um, but uh, that's not the same as, of course, dosing the cat. And for some medications, it really is especially important that your cat gets the full and appropriate dose by mouth. Uh, not all medications are designed to be given with food as well. So again, uh, important to check that. A study done a few years ago, uh, 2014, um, indicated that um, in a, a study actually of Sumintra, which is a treatment for chronic kidney disease in cats, um, that the owners in this study really had a preference for a liquid medication. And, and uh, you may see this figure used. I, I've noticed other companies using it in their marketing that 87% of owners indicated a preference for a liquid. But in my experience, it really does depend on the liquid and also on the cat. There are some liquid medications that do seem to be very palatable, very well tolerated but there are equally some liquids that are bitter and unpleasant and therefore a tablet often would be easier in my opinion. There are some other treatments I'm not going to go into any detail now um, but where again if your cat is prescribed um, whether it's an ear treatment or an eye treatment then always make sure that you're comfortable with uh, understanding how that needs to be administered to your cat and, and you feel happy to do so at home and again there are lots and lots of YouTube videos available uh, to support different routes of medication. One that certainly is, is quite um, commonly employed in cats with chronic kidney disease is giving subcutaneous fluids at home. And uh, I hope this uh, lovely video of Buff is, is playing acceptably over uh, Zoom today. But, um, but this is another example of a technique which might seem quite daunting uh, initially. But as you can see from Buff here, you know, it really is not stressing him out at all uh, and really was a lifesaver in terms of maintaining his hydration. So so there are some resources on uh, giving subcut fluids on our website, as well as also uh, on encouraging cats to drink, which is of, of equal importance really in preventing dehydration. Another consideration really to mention, um, and I'm not sure if this is the right way to have, have phrased it, but uh, is a good cop, bad cop. Um, and this, the, the meaning behind me putting this here is really that sometimes if we do have very poorly cats that are receiving a lot of medication and perhaps they're not finding that easy, it's, it is a bit stressful. It can have an impact on, on their well-being. It can have an impact on their appetite. And it can be helpful if there are more than one carer in the household for one carer to sort of take on the mantle of, OK, I'm the bad guy. I'm going to be the one that gives the medicine. 
and you can be the good guy you're the one that gives all the food and the lovely stuff and the grooming and and the stroking and and hopefully uh, the cat will forgive the bad cop and and also have a bit of a cuddle with them later on but meanwhile uh if the if the bad cop as it were who gives the pills offers the food uh that risks the cat associating uh food with unpleasant events and and that might impact on appetite so if we can separate that if you do have two or more of you in the household so so you know one person is the baddie and not everyone is the baddie that can help i think in some cases so in summary, I would say um, don't hesitate to contact your vet if you have any concerns over your cat. They are there to support you. They want to support you. However, having said that, uh, it, it's actually much nicer for cats if they can be nursed at home to be nursed at home than in a vet hospital. And there's a lot that carers can do to really support their poorly cats in terms of supporting appetite, supporting drinking, uh, supporting grooming and general well-being. And I hope that the tips that I have uh, talked about today will be of some practical use to you in the future. I'd love to hear your feedback as well um, as to in particular things like the cat music, whether you've tried that and found that helpful or other tips that you're happy to share with me that would be great to hear about as i've mentioned through the presentation there are some resources on the website which support this presentation so check out the helpful info section the free downloads has lots of technical guides things like subcutaneous fluid therapy and cats encouraging them to, to drink more uh, the video tutorials I've, I've mentioned obviously previous cat cafes uh, have uh, a relevance here as well um, and next time, uh, just a reminder of, of the next session, we'll be moving on to diabetes, diabetes mellitus. And uh, as I, uh, I think it might be a slightly longer gap because of uh, other logistics in my diary. So that's Thursday, the 19th of November. We'll start the diabetes discussion. And in the meantime, um, just another reminder for surveys, anyone who's listening who's not uh, participated in particular in what we're calling our telemedicine survey. This is a survey of anyone who's used phone or email or video consultations with their vets um, because they've not been able to go into the vet clinic due to COVID social distancing regulations. We would really, really love to hear about your experience. We have a parallel survey, survey going on with vets and nurses to find out what they think of remote consultations, these ones where we're not face to face with our clients anymore, uh, but would really love your input into this as well. So if you've not already had a chance to complete that survey please do and please feel free to share with friends and family that would be really appreciated thank you very much for joining me and i will now be delighted to look at the questions thank you thanks again for listening to this session for more information please visit vetprofessionals.com you can find youtube recordings of all cat cafe sessions on the video tutorials page to find the video tutorials page, click on the helpful info menu on the home page. Don't forget that you can attend future Cat Cafe sessions live and have the opportunity to ask questions and show me you and your cat on video if you like. You can read more about how to access these sessions on the video tutorials page of the website. Lastly, if you found this podcast helpful, don't forget to subscribe and add a review. Thank you.